How are you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Tzadi, Daf 90 of Mesech Bixubis, friends. Um, yeah, Daf 90 is like interesting depending on what you're interested in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daf, yeah. Daf 90 could be interested, it could be interesting if you're interested in like inheritance. If that's your thing, then Daf 90 is interesting. Um, we're going to start the, um, uh, like, 10th parak of Mesech Tuxubis. Mesech Tuxubis. Are you guys going to miss Mesech Tuxubis? I probably will. Don't miss Yvamis. Alright, so, so, it says in the Mishnah, we have to take out our brains a little bit for this, uh, for this daf, but, uh, nothing too crazy. Mishaya Nasu Ishte Nasu. Wah, 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 wah. So, it says the Mishnah at the beginning of the 10th parak, that somebody was married to um, two women. Umes harishon, umes, and then he dies. Okay. Harishon akodem is l'shniya. V'yorsh harishon akodem l'yorsh l'shniya. Okay, so the first wife collects her ksuba before the second wife collects her ksuba. Now we're talking about a situation where there actually isn't enough money in the estate for both ksubas to be collected. So the First wife collects first, and then the second wife uh, collects. And also, if both of those wives die, so then the in, uh, the the first wife's children will collect first, and then the second wife's children collect second. Now, if he married one woman and she died, so he got remarried to a second woman. And then he died. So the second wife and her heirs come before the first wife and her heirs. Wow. So this is actually, right, so this gets interesting. So let's call them Sarah and Rivka. So Ruven is married to Sarah and then Sarah dies. So when Sarah dies, Ruven inherits her Ksubin. Okay. He then gets remarried. He gets remarried and he marries Rivka. And then Ruvain dies. So now when Ruvain dies, Rivka, and then Rivka dies, right? So, what does it say? right? She and her heirs. So let's say she's dead and we're, let's just say we're talking about heirs over here, okay? So Rivka's heirs have a document. Basically, Rivka's heirs are what's called a balchov, right? They're, they're a creditor. They're, they're owed money. They have a document in their hands, namely Rivka's ksuba, that they take to Ruvain's estate and they say, we need to get paid our ksuba, our mother's ksuba from the estate. So remember, Ruvain was married to Sarah. Sarah died. Ruvain inherited Sarah's ksuba. Sarah's kids can only, you know, the ksuba's been in dichun, right? So they can collect, but we're going to see some achlokes, what happens. But let's say they're collecting their mother's ksuba, but that would come from their father's estate as part of, right? They would be taking that from their inheritance. That's different than Rivka's kids, right? Because, right, after Sarah had died and Reuven inherited Sarah's ksuba, he then married Rivka, and Rivka now is a ksuba. Ruvain now dies. So, and then Rivka dies, let's say. 
Rivka's heirs are holding a document that says we are owed money. I.e. they're holding the ksuba and saying we're owed the money that is listed in this ksuba. And they're not coming and saying we're inheriting this ksuba. They're saying this is a document that says that we are owed money as, as, as creditors. And therefore, as creditors, they get paid before Sara's kids get their ksube, which would be coming as an inheritance from Ruvain, as opposed to Rivka's kids who are not inheriting the money in this ksuba, but they're coming with a claim against Ruvain's estate, saying that they're owed the money in this document that they are holding in their hands, which is not the case for Ruvain's, for, for, for Sara's kids, because Sara's ksuba was inherited by Ruvain, and then when Ruvain died, you know, it's just part of the inheritance that Sarah's kids receive. But when Ruvain died, Rivka was still alive and she had her ksuba in her hands. And then when she dies, her heirs get that. And they now come to Ruvain's estate and say, hey, we have a document saying that we're owed money. And they therefore get priority in getting paid. So let's read that second part again. Nosa Sarishon of Emesa, if Ruvain marries Sarah and then Sarah dies, Nosa Shnia, and then Ruvain marries Rivka, Vames who, and then he dies, Shnia Vyoshel, Rivka and her heirs, Kodman Diosha Rishona, they get priority uh, over Sara and her heirs because they're coming as creditors as opposed to Sara's heirs who are coming as inheritors. Now, says the Gemara, in the ratio of the Mishnah, when it says that you have a fellow who's married to two women, and um, what do we say? What do we say? Vames, and then he he dies. So we say that the first wife precedes the second wife in collecting their ksubis. So from the fact that it says that the first wife takes precedence to the second wife, and it doesn't say that the first wife gets their ksuba and the second wife doesn't, right? And, and again, we're talking about where there is not enough money to go around to pay for everybody's ksubas. And from the fact that it says that Sara gets pre- precedence over Rivka, and it doesn't say that Sara gets a ksuba, Rivka does not, it implies that, look, Sara gets priority. But what if Rivka chapped a rein? What if Rivka jumped ahead, jumped the gun, and, 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 and chapped a ksuba first? Okay, well, you know, good for, I mean, she, 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 we're not going to take it away from her. Shmamina, what do we see? Balchov Mu'ukhr, Shekadim Vagava, that if you have a, a creditor who, who's, you know, the, the, the date on his document is a later date, which means that, you know, he, you know, the, 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 the creditor with the earlier date should get precedence, but if the creditor with the later date, with the document with the later date, jumps the gun, Mashagavagava, whatever, you know, whatever he collected, he collected, we're not going to take it away from him. To which the Gemara says, no, la'olam emelach, no, really, I'll say it to you, Mashagava lo gava. No, if, 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 if a later creditor jumps the gun, it doesn't work. And if Rivka chapterayin or ksuba before Sarah, it doesn't work. Umay kodemis, then what does it mean that she precedes? Ligamre katani. It means she objectively precedes. Cause it's not ben kodem levas. Just like we say that a son precedes a daughter, has precedence over a daughter when it comes to inheritance. 
That doesn't mean that he gets first and she gets second. If there's a son and a daughter, the son inherits, the daughter does not. And that's what we mean by Kodemis over here. That Sara gets her Ksube and Rivka does not. There's not enough for both of them. Sara gets it, Rivka doesn't. Ikadamri. That those who say, Midilokatani, from the fact that the Mishnah omits, and the fact that the Mishnah does not say, from the fact that the, that the Mishnah does not specify that if Rivka uh, jumps the gun, we do not take it away. So that implies that if Rivka were to jump the gun, actually we would take it away from her. Right? Punkt fakert from what we were just saying. But over here we're saying, the Mishnah doesn't say anywhere that if Rivka jumps the gun, she can keep it. So Mimele means that if Rivka jumps the gun, we'll take it away from her. Shmamina, so we see from there, Balchov me'ukhr, Shekadam vigava, Mashagava logava. So we see from there that if the Balchov me'ukhr, that if you have two creditors and the later creditor preceded the earlier creditor, Mashagava logava. So whatever he collected does not work. And he would have to give it back. So now the Gemara says, not necessarily. Really, I'll say it to you. No, if 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 Rivka, right, or if you have a later creditor who jumps the gun, whatever he did, he did, and it's his. And therefore, also here, if Rivka jumps the gun, okay, she jumped the gun, it's hers. So then, why do, why does the Mishnah omit that? Why does the Mishnah not say that if she jumped the gun, she can keep it? Because I did the Tana Shnia. Well, since in the Seifa, when Reuven was married to Sarah and then Sarah dies, and then he gets married to Rivka and then Reuven dies. So because we said over there, so in that case, Rivka as the creditor, right, and her heirs as creditors take precedence over Sarah's heirs who are inheritors, they precede Sarah's heirs. And in that case, they would not be able to say, that if Sarah's heirs jumped the gun, they would be able to keep it. They certainly cannot because they're coming as inheritors, whereas Rivka's heirs are coming as uh, uh, creditors. So therefore in the ratio also we say, look, that the first one precedes the second one. It doesn't say that if the second one chaps then she can keep it because we want to be consistent with the Sefer where if they chaps it, then they certainly cannot keep it. So also in the ratio, we didn't mention that if Rivka would jump the gun and chaps she could keep it. But the fact of the matter is, if she did chaperain, she would be able to keep it. All right, fine. So, first way we said that, um, that, um, okay, two, two sort of punkt fakertish kind of ways of, uh, of, of explaining whether or not, right, what happens if one of them jumps the gun and chaperain. I don't want to tell you. So now we get into this sugye. <clears throat> now we get into this sugye. Now we get into this sugye of the sefer. It's an interesting sugya, but you gotta take out your brains a little bit. But it's an interesting sugya. About when Ruven is married to Sarah, and Sarah then dies, Ruven then marries Rivka, and then Ruven dies. And then Rivka then dies. So basically, as I explained earlier, Ruven is married to Sarah. When Sarah dies, Ruven inherits Sarah. He then marries Rivka, and then Ruven dies. At the time that Reuven died, Rivka was still alive. She has her ksuba. Rivka then dies, so now her children have that ksuba, but they're holding in their hands a document. 
that say that we're owed money. So they, Rivka's heirs, as um, creditors, right, they have in their possession a document that says that they're owed money, so they collect that from Ruvain's estate. And then, the question is, what then becomes of Sarah's heirs, right, vis-a-vis Ruvain's estate? Are they, can they collect their ksubas penindichrin? Can they say to Sarah's, to Rivka's heirs, okay, now that we've given you, remember, there isn't enough to pay for um, both ksubas. So do we say that, look, now that we've given you your ksuba, now that we've given you your ksuba, now that we've given you your ksuba, we're going to now collect our mother's ksuba, Sarah's ksuba, from whatever's left of Ruvain's inheritance. Or do we say, no, there's no ksubas in this case, and um, Ruvain's inherit, whatever's left of Ruvain's inheritance, is divided equally between Sarah's heirs and Rivka's heirs. So Shmamina, so, so Shmamina Tlos. So the Gemara says, look, we can learn three things over here. Shmamina, the first thing that we learn is Achaz Bechayev, Achaz Bemoso, that if Rivka, if Sarah dies when Ruven's alive and Rivka then dies after Ruven dies, Yeishlen Tzubas Benindichrin, Sarah's kids will be able to say to Rivka's kids, now that we've paid you your Ksuba that you're owed, your, mo- right, your mother's ksuba that you're owed as creditors, we are now going to collect our mother's ksuba as ksubas benedikrin from our father's estate. And we're not concerned that Rivka's kids are going to be saying, hey, what the heck? We collected our ksuba as creditors, but everything that's left is our, is, 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 is our father's, right? All of our father's inheritance, Ruben's inheritance. How come you can collect your ksubas benedikrin from Sorry, and you'll be collecting more from Ruvain's inheritance than we are. After all, we're coming as creditors. We're being paid as a loan. Everything that's left is inheritance. We haven't touched inheritance at all. We got paid a loan, but we haven't touched inheritance. We should divide up that inheritance equally. We're not concerned that this fight is going to ensue. From the fact that it says, well, because the Mishnah had said that Sarah's, no, that Rivka's heirs get precedence over Sarah's heirs as creditors. Mikademu dikadme, Sarah's, Rivka's heirs get precedence. Ha'ika shakle. But, um, but, um, Mikademu dikadme, ha'ika shakle. But then whatever is left over, um, the uh, um, um, uh, Sarah's heirs would be able to chaperain. Okay, so we see that there's ksubas benindichrin also for Sarah's heirs. Vishmamina ksuba nice is most of the We also see that a ksuba can be made as most of the chaverta. The heck does that mean? Well, it means, I, I believe that we've learned in the past that in order, right, ksubas benindichrin is midir abana, right? As we've learned in the past, Ksubas Benindichrin, right, is that, um, you know, Sarah's, in order to sort of, uh, motivate or encourage, um, uh, Sarah and Rivka's fathers to give a healthy, right, a nice Gishmaka dowry. So we guaranteed him, look, we say to Sarah's father, Sarah is going to be inheriting your dowry, 
right? Rivka is not going to be able to touch it. We say to Rivka's father, Rivka's kids are going to be inheriting your dowry. Sorry, kids aren't going to be able to touch it. So, which means that when the father dies, sorry, right? So, Mida Oraise, Sarah and Rivka's kids would all divide up Ruvain's um, estate equally. However, Midir Abanan comes Ksubas Berindichrin to say, no, actually, first what happens is that Sarah's kids are going to inherit their mother's dowry and Rivka's kids are going to inherit their mother's dowry. Now, we can only do this, though, if there's still money left over in Ruben's estate after Sarah's kids have inherited her, inherited her, uh, you know, gotten her, collected her ksuba, and Rifkin's kids have, kids have collected her ksuba. If there's still leftover money that then everybody would collect equally, so then you'll be Makayim, Yerusha, inheritance, Mida Oraise. So as long as there's some amount, one dinar's worth, as long as there's some amount that's going to be divided equally, well then you can do ksubas bin indichrin. But if there's nothing left, that's going to be divided equally as a as a as a Yerusha Mida Oraise, where everybody you know inherits equally. So if there's no Yerusha the Oraise, well then you're not going to do Ksubas Ben which is only Midrabanan, and in that case everybody's going to divide up equally. So now, and there's not going to be any Ksubas Ben So now in this case there wasn't enough money to go around for both Sarah's Ksuba and Rivka and Rivka's Ksuba, and we're saying that Sarah's heirs get paid first because they're creditors, they get paid first. And we're saying that then uh, Rivka's heirs get paid first because they're creditors. And we're saying that, and then Sarah's heirs inherit as Ksubas bin Indichrin, even though there's nothing left. Well then, how can they be collecting Ksubas bin Indichrin if there's nothing left? What about, what about Yerusha de Oraisa? The Yerusha de Oraisa is happening from, from the loan document, right? Meaning from the fact that, right, from the fact that when Ruven dies and there's an estate, uh, Rivka's heirs are coming as creditors and we're first paying them off because creditors get paid before the uh, 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 orphans can inherit. That in and of itself is Yerusha Mida Oraisa that we're paying the creditors first. In this case, that being Sarah's, uh, Rivka's heirs. And therefore... Because we are Memele being Mekayim by paying Rivka's heirs first, we're being Mekayim Yerusha de Oraise. So then whatever is left over, that would be considered Mosar. That's the equivalent of the leftover dinar. And um, that enables Sarah's heirs to be able to collect um, the remainder of the estate as Ksuba's been indifferent. So again, Ushmamina Ksuba, Naisis Mosar la Chaverta, that um, Rivka's Ksuba, which is collected as 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 like a, a a debt, so that is considered Yerusha de Oraisa that then enables Ruv uh, Asara's kids to, uh, heirs to be able to collect exubus benedikrin. Mimai hakom in dilokatani imyesha moser dinar. The fact that it doesn't say that if there is a dinar left, so then um, you know then then Sarah's kids can collect. No, it's uh, even even if not from the very fact that. Rivka's kids are getting paid first, that enables Sarah's kids to collect their Ksubas bin Indichrin. Ushmamina, and finally we learn Ksubas bin Indichrin, that the Ksubas bin Indichrin that Sarah's kids are collecting cannot be collected from Nichasim Mishubadim, the Isaac Adaitin Taifumi Mishabde, because if we say that you can collect from lean from right, if there's like a lean on other stuff, well then Lesu Lesu Pnei 
Well, then, then the Sarah's heirs who are collecting their Ksubas Benedichon, if they're able to collect them in the Chasm Shabbatim, then they should go to Rivka's heirs and say, hey, give us that money because we can, you know, we can, we can get paid from a lien, right? From, from stuff that had a lien on it. So, so, but from the fact that they can't, which means, that means that, um, that Ksubas Benedichon is not collected from the Chasm Shabbatim. How do we know that this is true? Says Avashi, maybe I'll say that when Sarah dies, when Ruven's alive, and Rivka dies, right, and then Ruven dies, and then Rivka dies, Sarah's kids will not get Ksubas Benedichrin. Umay Kodman. So what does it mean that they get, right, that, right, that, what does it mean that Rivka's heirs get paid first, implying that Sarah's heirs get paid second? Linachla. No, it means that Rivka's kids get paid first. And then whatever's left over, Sarah's kids and Rivka's kids divide equally as uh, inheritors. But there's no ksubas benedichon for Sarah's kids. So Linachla katani. Vechitema. And if you're going to say, Yorshari Shonolamali, then why does it mention that Right, that, that, the, that, that the, um, heirs of the second wife precede the heirs of the first wife. Sarah's kids aren't, if we're saying that there's no ksubas benedichrin, then they're not inheriting their mother's ksuba at all. What is this, what's it, what's it have to do with Sarah? They're just inheriting Reuven as a, as a, as an inheritance. It has nothing to do with Sarah anymore. So I did the Tana Shnir Viyosha, Tana Nami Liyosha, Harishona. Well, since it does have to say that Rivka's heirs are going to be paid first, and that is cl- directly connected to Rivka's ksuba, so we also say, uh, Sar- we talk about Sarah's heirs as well, but it's actually not connected to Sarah. It's going to be connected just to Ruvain's estate. There's no ksuba spinindichrin. And when we said that ksuba is made most of the right? And, 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 uh, and, and the fact that Rivka's heirs are being paid first, that can then enable Sarah's heirs to collect the Ksubas Benedichrin. So really I'll say that Rivka's heirs collecting first doesn't allow Ruve, uh, Sarah's heirs to collect Ksubas Benedichrin. That no, only in a situation where there is a, an extra dinar would um, um, Ruvain's kids be able, would Sarah's kids be able to collect Subas bin Indichrin? But without it, um, uh, they would not be able to collect Subas bin Indichrin. Okay. Ve'achas b'chayi ve'achas b'moso tanoi. Now we say this question about when Sarah dies when Ruvain's alive, and then Ruvain dies, and then Rivka dies. So whether Sarah's heirs would be able to collect Subas bin Indichrin is actually Machlokas Tanoim. The Tanya is we learn in the Brayse Meisu Achas Bechay Achas Bemoso. If Sarah died when Ruvain's alive and then Rivka died after Ruvain died, Benanis Omer says Benanis Yicholim Bnei Arishon Aloma Levnei Ashnia. Sarah's kids can say to Rivka's kids Atem Bnei. Bailas Chov Atem, you are creditors. Tlu Ksubas Imchem Utsu. So 
go and collect your mother's ksuba from the estate, right? Right, your mother Rivka, right? You have her ksuba and you are creditors. Collect her ksuba from the estate. Utsu, and then get out of here. We're taking the rest as ksuba's benindichrin. Rabbi Kiva, Omer says Rabbi Kiva, Kfar Kofza Nachla Milifne Bnei Arishona, to which Rabbi Kiva says that no, the 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 ability for the for Sarah's kids to collect Subas Benindichrin is gone. Vinafla Divne Ashnia, and now it they 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 just inherit together with Rivka's kids, there's no ksubas binin tichrin. My love, welcome if again, this is the machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and Benanis. And then my sovereign achas b'chayv achas b'moso yeshlein ksubas binin tichrin that Benanis holds that whether, right, right, that when Sarah dies in Ruben's lifetime and then Rivka dies afterwards, um, there is a ksubas binin tichrin for Sarah's heirs. Umar sovar achas b'chayv achas b'moso ein lein ksubas binin tichrin. And Rabbi Kiva holds that in this case there would be no ksubas benindichrin for Sarah's kid, for Sarah's heirs. Amurabba says, Rabba Ashka chosinu l'rabbonon devei rab. Rabba says that he found the rabbis by the bismedrish of Rab, the yazbev v'kamer that they were saying, Duchuli alma achaz b'chayv achaz b'moso yeshlen ksubas benindichrin. That no, both Benanis and Rebekiva admit that in this case, there would be ksubas benedichrin for Sarah's kids. And here the machlokas is about when Rivka's heirs collect the ksuba as creditors, does that mean that Sarah's kids can collect the, 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 whatever remains of the inheritance as ksubas benedichrin? And whether that applies to regular creditors as well. My sovar ksubanais is motzel lachavert vodin levalcho. So Benana says, yes, we do say ksuba nasis motzel lachaverta. Same thing would also apply not just by Rifka inheriting the ksuba, but any creditor. And then that would enable Sarah's kids to inherit ksubas benindichrin. My sovar ain ksubanais is motzel lachavert vodin levalcho. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says, no, the ksuba doesn't enable Ruvain's, right? Rifka's, whoa. Shnaikis. Rivka's um, heirs inheriting her ksuba does not enable Sarah's heirs to be able to collect ksubas benin tichrin. And my brain is like starting to fade, I think. But we only have a few lines left anyways. Um, okay. Fine. Very good. Faminu Luana and Rabbi says, I said to them, Babalchov kuli amalo davi moser. That when it comes to a regular creditor, uh, both Benanis and Rabbi Kiva agree that it would be considered Moser and um, Sarah's kids would be able to collect Ksubas Benindichrin. Kipliga, where they argue, is Bechsuba, is when it comes to the Ksuba, right? The fact that Sarah's, no, well, that Rivka's heirs are, are collecting the Ksuba first as uh, creditors. Um, and, uh, okay, Banana says that that enables Sarah's kids to, to collect the Ksuba, Ksuba's Benedichrin, and Rabbi Kiva says no. Maskiflo, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Iachi, if that's the case, Rabbi Kiva, Omar, Kvar Kofza, Nachlo. What does it mean when Rabbi Kiva says that the Ksuba's Benedichrin goes away from Sarah's kids? Im Moser Dinar, Mibayle. 
No, what it should say is that if there is a Moser dinar, so then they can collect Subas Benedichrin. Elo Omar, Rav Yosef, Ba'achas, Bechai, Ba'achas, Moser, Kamifugate. No, rather, says Rav Yosef, like we initially said, that the Machlokas between Benanas and Rabikiva is about, do we say, Benanas says that there is Subas Benedichrin for Sarah's kids, and Rabikiva says that there isn't. Friends, that was the Tzadi of Mesechta Subas. Wow, that was kind of intense, actually, with Sarah and Rivka and the heirs and Ruvain and who's dying when. Wow. Well, okay, we, so that we started the 10th parak today of, of Masech Tuxubis. We had, we started with the Mishnah that basically has two cases, right? One is when Ruvain dies and he has two wives. So we say that the first wife collects her Ksuba first and then the second wife collects her Ksuba. We had, uh, two ways of understanding whether or not what happens if the second wife chaps around first. Do you take it away or not? We, we basically had two ways of understanding. And then there's the question about in the Seifa of the Mishnah, when Ruben is married to Sarah, then Sarah dies, then, Ru- then he marries Rivka, then Ruben dies, and then Rivka dies. It's like Yivamas. Um, do Sar- so basically what happens then is that Rivka's kids collect their mother's ksuba as creditors, and then um, um, Sarah's, the question is then, do Sarah's kids, are they entitled to their mother's ksuba um, um, or not? And we're kind of like, we just saw it's Machlokas, between Rabbi Kiv and Benanis. So we're like in the middle of that. Friends, that was Daf Tzadi, Daf 90, Mesech, Lik Subis, Hope you enjoy. Peace out.